Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Anthony C. Ferrante, director of Sharknado. Hi, this is the voice of BattleBots, Mark Burroughs. This is Seth Shostak, senior astronomer at the SETI Institute. Hello, my name is Matt Simon. I'm a science writer at Wired Magazine and author of the new book, The Wasp That Brainwashed the Caterpillar. This is Frank Joseph. I'm the author of an essay in the latest book, Lost Secrets of the Gods. Hi, this is Linda Godfrey, author of American Monsters. Hello, my name is Robert Salas. I'm the author of Unidentified, the UFO Phenomenon. Hi, this is Nick Redfern, the author of Close Encounters of the Fatal Kind. Hi, my name is Bob Luca. And my name is Betty Andreasen Luca. Hi, this is Jesse Krupus, the producer of JFK, The Smoking Gun. Hello, this is Marty Langford. I'm the director of Doomed, the untold story of Roger Corman's The Fantastic Four. Hi, this is Kevin Randall, author of Alien Mysteries, Conspiracies, and Cover-Up. Hi, this is Tracy Roberts, founder of Positive Autistic. I'm Jeremiah Bomek, the producer of The Real of Horror. Hi, my name is Bill Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House. Hi, this is Micah Hanks, and I'm the author of the book The Ghost Rockets. And you're listening to Emmy on the Graveyard Shift Talk Show, blogtalkradio.com. Boom. 
within the molten core of a dying star. That's hot. From the snow-capped mountaintops of Middle Earth, orbiting above the Earth in a stolen alien spacecraft. The Graveyard Shift Online Radio Talk Show. Now, strap on your seatbelt, get ready to kneel, true believers, because here's your host, Emmy. Hi, everybody. This is Emmy from the Graveyard Shift, and I want to welcome everybody um, to the show. Um, I want to, first of all, uh, take this opportunity and um, hold on, guys, and apologize to everybody um, for the mess that we had um, last week on the show. Um, cause I, I mean, we just, we couldn't hear apparently, uh, someone, um, hold on a second. Okay. Hold on a second, guys. Give me one second here. So I'm going to say hello to Frodo and I want to see if someone tells me that I just said that I'm just checking to make, make sure that the audio is actually working the way it's supposed to work. So we'll see what happens. Oh, that's great. All right. So anyway, before I go any further, this whole season and this episode, every episode is brought to you by the wonderful uh, people over at Words Take Flight Books. They are an absolutely fantastic publisher. They also offer editing services, among other things. And um, I'm sure you've heard and probably even seen our commercial uh, that we did um, about them, which you can find it on their YouTube channel and the Graveyard Ship Talk Show on YouTube. Just look it up, Graveyard Ship Talk Show on YouTube. And um, we're also, by the way, located on Facebook. Uh, dot com slash Emmy Dashogun. That's E M I D A S H O G U N. We also have a group on Facebook called the Graveyard Shift Talk Show. Make sure it's the right one because unfortunately, there are other groups called the Graveyard Shift, but this is the only one that's got this handsome face on it. So you definitely want to, um, you know, get with the right group. And um, you can also find us on Twitter, our Twitter feed, which I update throughout the show. Uh, which is Emmy Shift Show. That's E M I S H I F T S H O W. And um, anyway, if you want to learn more about Words Take Flight Books, our sponsor for our show, all you have to do is go to their website, WTFBooks.net. That's WTFBooks.net. And uh, by the way, I want to say a very hearty hello, not only just to Frodo, but also to Jeffrey. Uh, who's up north. He's one of our big fans, and um, he's also uh, the head honcho um, uh, to, you know, this great uh, company that I was telling you about, uh, Words Take Flight Books, and I'm really um, happy for him to be uh, one of our listeners and one of our fans, and oh, I love you too, Jeffrey, but don't tell Frodo, Jeffrey, because he might, he might get upset with you. <laughs> um, anyway, so last week, I was trying to talk to you guys about the Mandela effect. Now, the guy, our wonderful viewers at BidChat, I know they heard me, um, but the blog talk peeps did not. 
So I felt it was only appro it was just appropriate for me to, you know, let them in on, on what they missed, right? I mean, it's just not fair that our blog talk listeners couldn't even hear anything except that one little clip I played and they thought that was me, which obviously it wasn't. And by the way, guys, thank you for all of those likes that I'm getting on BitChat. I mean, I'm always blown away by all the love we get on, on, on well, really on both servers, but, you know, our national uh, viewing audience always gives us the love and mwah, love you guys. And of course, much love to our LA network producers over at the BitChat office, Chris, and, and just really everybody that works over there. You guys are the best. Okay, so Mandela Effect. Those of you that know what it is, you know what it is. Those of you that don't know, I'm going to tell you, but not until I give you breaking news. Are you guys sitting down for this? Because you need to be. Okay. So those of you that have that were alive and were born before or were aware of what was going on in September 11th, 9-11, you're definitely want to be going to want to be interested in what I'm about to say. Omar Ahmad Rahman, who helped orchestrate the bombing of the World Trade Center in 1993, died in prison Saturday, according to the Federal Bureau of Prisons. He was known as the Blind Sheik. He died at uh, in Butner, North Carolina, in a medical center there, and he's been there since 2007. Um, they go into here, he died from natural causes. Apparently he's been, he was fighting diabetes and coronary artery disease. Rahman was serving a life sentence on terrorism related charges. He was convicted in 95 for his role in a plot to bomb New York city landmarks, uh, senior investigative producer at a local, at a nearby mainstream media outlet reported, uh, the landmarks that he was reported to want to bomb included the UN headquarters and the Holland and Lincoln Tunnels. Prosecutors said at his trial in New York that the terror plots were intended to force the U.S. to end its support of Israel and Egypt. So, I mean, that, that is an absolutely massive development. Um, you know, you guys are well aware that I am never happy that somebody died, regardless of who it is, okay? But I will say that I won't lie to you. It's kind of nice to know that a uh, no, one evil person is no longer with us, as it were. Um, I, of course, would never wish anyone ill will, but uh, I at least feel a little bit, not relieved, but maybe less concerned. How about that? So I, I thought many of you out there that are big time into that kind of stuff would be interested in that. So how about that? Okay, so moving on, the Mandela effect. What is the Mandela effect? The Mandela effect is basically what happens when someone has a clear memory of something that pretty much they think it happened one way, but and that's how they remember it, but then they find out it didn't. Or maybe they have a memory of a song or a word or a sentence or a phrase or a movie. It could be anything. Um, it's basically a collective misremembering, if that's a word, of something that happened in the past. And there have been no 
end to the major, major amount of misrememberings that have been reported. It is a phenomenon of global proportions, okay? Now, for those of you wondering, well, how did this start? It actually, apparently, now this is so far what we know. So if you are not this person that began this, my apologies. But this is just what I know. It was according to all of my research that I've done, it was begun by a lady named Fiona Broom. And she launched basically she basically coined the phrase during a conversation she had with uh, a security manager at Dragon Con named Shadow. And um, this was many, many years ago. And, you know, it started when they were talking about how they were remembering Nelson Mandela. Get it? Mandela, Mandela effect. Well, that's kind of where this whole thing starts from, Nelson Mandela. You really can't begin to talk about this until you mention that. So first, I'm going to ask you guys, when do you remember Nelson Mandela? And by the way, before I go any further, I want to say I have nothing but the utmost respect and admiration for Mr. Mandela. May he rest in peace. May the Lord keep him in peace or whatever it is that he believed in. If he didn't believe in that, my apologies. Or Whatever he believed in made whatever positive out look that is or whatever that is be the case um so i want to say that first and foremost no way shape or form is this meant to make fun of his memory or ridicule him in any way shape or form you'll understand why in a minute so anyway what happens is a lot of people a lot of people recall including me that nelson mandela died when and where specifically now I know many of you are probably going to say, oh, Emmy, duh, he died in prison. Yeah, no, he didn't. No, he did not die in prison. Nelson Mandela passed away in 2013, okay? And this in of itself created this absolutely brain-exploding what? From all these people, including yours truly, who were just like knew we had memories of him passing away in prison. And I'm not just talking about, oh, we just remembered it wrong. No, 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 no. I'm talking about we remembered videos, rep- news reports, written articles saying that he passed away in prison. Now, you, the next thing you're going to say is, okay, Emmy, fine produce your proof. Guys, this isn't about me proving anything. I'm just saying that we're remembering specific things. Some people actually have produced these, this evidence, if you will, of these alternative, that's what we're living in now, right? Everything alternative facts, if you will, but that's not the same thing. That's not what this is. This is an alternate, alternate memory, if you will. If you want to look it up, be my guest, look it up. It's out there somewhere. Um, and by the way, while I'm doing this, if, if anybody from either of our audiences in Blog Talk or Bitch Chat, if you guys want to call in and um, join the conversation, if you have certain things that you remember a certain way and it's not that way, 
or you're wondering if something is a certain way, please give me a call on our blog talk server. It's um, Erica347. 237-5187. You can or there should be a button uh to call us via Skype and uh, you know join in the conversation. And on bid chat, of course, if you're on our bid chat app, there is a, a button there to join the show and, and bid and call in. It's uh, it goes to an, a worthy cause. We have many charities that uh the show uh you know donates to and gives a portion of our of our proceeds to those causes. So please do consider if you're not going to bid and interact at the very least donate to those charities because you, you can see it. There's a whole bunch of lists of them. I can't go over all just too many. Anyway, getting back to this. So that's kind of where it started with Nelson Mandela. And then it, it just blossomed. It just ballooned from there. Cause then people were like, well, you know what, now that I think about it, there's other stuff too, that I kind of remember a certain way. Well, one of them is another public figure that we, that people thought passed away, Billy Graham. Uh, people thought that they were just for sure they remembered seeing the funeral of Bill, of Reverend Billy Graham. Well, that's not the case either. He's very much alive, you know, and, um, you know, they, some people are thinking, well, maybe they're confusing that with his retirement or what have you, who knows. Another one that's coming up is uh, a painted portrait of Henry VIII, King Henry VIII, holding a turkey leg in one hand. Now, I have to be honest with you, I actually kind of sort of want to remember this, but I can't say that it's like a clear, very vivid memory. I think what we're seeing here is uh, projecting for, uh, what's called memory projection or desired memory projection. And what do I mean by that? And really, this can be used to explain a lot of this stuff. So what, what is desired memory projection? First of all, I don't even know if it's a real word. I just thought of it. Desired memory projection is when we want things to be a certain way or in our mind, in our subconscious, we think that we remember them a certain way because, you know, maybe that's the way we would, we, it, it, it's pleasing to us or it would, you know, our minds want to remember it that way. So we, you know, our subconscious memory kind of you know, tweaks little things here and there. And, and, you know, I think with a lot of this kind of stuff, a lot of these Mandela effect examples, though they can kind of, I can see how that can be the explanation for some of them. This is one of those kinds of things. Cause when you think of King Henry VIII, what do you think of, of you know, what are some of the, the three main things you think of? Adulterer, right. And, and womanizer all in one um, fat, he was he was a gargantuan guy. I mean, I'm sorry, but he was a fat guy, and he was basically a big time proponent of Protestantism. Okay, and the whole thing about between him and Thomas More. I mean, they even made a movie about it, Man for All Seasons. Anyway, getting back. So one of the things that I think was just kind of superimposed of his of this view of him, this memory of King Henry VIII, was this idea that he was a very jovial, very chubby, very fat man that loved to eat food. Now it was now it is true that he did like to eat a lot. He was a very big fan of he was a he was a foodie. He loved to eat. So it doesn't surprise me that someone would think they they thought they saw a portrait of him holding a turkey leg. Maybe they did. Maybe there is a portrait of him somewhere out there that he's you know, maybe got his hand near one or 
But I don't – I very seriously doubt there's an actual official royal portrait of a king of England holding a turkey leg. So I think that's just an, uh, a, a memory uh, projected upon a certain figure. So now there's also – there's other things. Now the, one of the big Mandela effect examples, one of the most popular ones is the Berenstain Bears. Or is it Berenstain? Right? How do you remember it? Do you remember it one way, Berenstain with S-T-A-I-N? Or are they Jewish? Berenstain. Berenstain. <laughs> Listen, this one has created an absolute tornado hurricane effect across the internet because so many people have actually given photographic examples of books videotapes, you know, remember the old cartoons guys, those of you that are old enough to remember, and those of you that weren't, there were cartoons of Berenstain Bears. They might still actually uh, play some of them in rerun form uh, during the holidays, maybe, and I'm sure you can find some on YouTube. Anyway, um, I have always thought that they were A-I-N, although maybe it was E-I-N, I don't know. I, it's one of those things I can't remember. Well, many people have ch- chimed in on this saying, no, it was E-I-N, and they've given proof of it. So this has just been going just bonkers all over the place. I mean, you know, really, what what is going on here? Well, look, before I go any further, aside from my – from the memory, the desired memory projection hypothesis that I pointed out, what else could be going on here? Is there – a paranormal explanation because this is a paranormal talk show, so we gotta give paranormal uh, possibilities, right? Well, apparently, some of my colleagues in this field feel that there might we might be looking at parallel universes or virtual realities. Now, I want to say close to the time that this was starting to come up, this whole Mandela affecting start starting to get popular. There was another phenomena, another trend that was already well established. And it was actually established from way back from when the Matrix film trilogy or series, you know, the Matrix was coming about. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Do you guys remember, those of you that saw the movies and I hope you have not seen them, in the Matrix there's a scene where Neo and the gang are kind of ascending the stairs to go and find Morpheus or something. And this is in the first movie. And Neo said, "Hey, uh, I, I thought I saw something weird with the, you know, with the cat, the black cat crossing their path a couple of times." And then everyone's like, "What? What do you mean? Was it the same cat?" It was, and he was like, "Dude, it was just a cat. You know, chill out." Well, that kind of got people thinking. Well, wait a second. You know, maybe there's other, um, you know, instances of a glitch in the Matrix. So, you know, and maybe we're living in a matrix type of environment. And this, this idea has been so popular that people are actually like noted scientists chimed in on this. I'm talking about Neil deGrasse Tyson, Michio Kaku, Bill Nye has actually talked about this. Now I'm not saying that they're going out and saying, going around rather saying we're living in the matrix, but they're saying, Hey, you know, they're saying there there is science to back this up, you know, and they're, they're talking about string theory. They're talking about, you know, the, the, the scientific 
uh, hypothesis theory or scientific theory, excuse me, about parallel universes and how that could, you know, be connected to dark matter and, uh, you know, the black hole phenomenon, which really, when it all comes down to it, guys, we really do not know anything that we, let me rephrase. We don't know that much about black holes. Not really. We don't really know what happens if you get past the event horizon and you get past into the singularity itself. We, all we have are propositions, all we have are theories, you know, and, you know, like, I mean, Albert Einstein himself had his own ideas about what reality is, what, you know, uh, the theory of relativity and all that stuff, what is going on with that, um, you know, William Herschel, which was a, he was a famous astronomer, talked about when he discovered uh, the secret of the stars, or he was one of them anyway, and he discovered that many stars in our sky really aren't really there. And what I mean by that is when you're looking up at the night sky one night and tonight, whenever, I want you to really look up there and think about this for a second. When you're looking at the starlight, you know, the, the actual light that the star is producing, many of those stars that you're looking at are already dead. So what you're really seeing are their ghosts. What, Emmy, what are you talking about? No, I'm being serious. Because think about it. Every light travels just like everything else travels, okay? You got speed that, you know, or excuse me, sound that has a speed, you know, Mach 1, Mach 2, whatever. Well, that's, you know, how the airplanes uh, and flying devices measure it. But then light also has a speed. Okay, light obviously is a lot faster than sound. In fact, light is the fastest thing there is, but it still travels to get to you. You know, like right now, I have a lamp on to give me light. Well, that light is traveling to get to me. That light, whatever the speed is, it needs to get to me so that you can see me clearly. The same is true for the sun. Okay, um, I think the sun uh, light that we see is eight light seconds or something like that to get to us. I can't remember. And, um, or is it eight minutes? I can't remember. It's either eight minutes or eight seconds. But my point is the further away an object is from you, the longer it takes for their light to reach you for you to see it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when you're looking at up, up there to the night sky and you see the starlight, the, some of those stars are hundreds of thousands, millions of millions upon millions of light years away by the time their light reaches us to for us to see it the physical star itself is dead but we see the light itself the actual echo of the light we actually see it well how does this relate to the mandela effect well what i'm thinking is it has to do with memory too memory maybe maybe thoughts maybe memory has a speed Maybe the way that we remember things, you know, changes the further we are from the actual event. You know, think about this for a second. It's, it's the same with the game of telephone, okay? So if you play the game telephone with a group of people, you might tell the person to your left, um, you know, I don't know, um, the plants in France are really nice. Well, by the time it goes around the group and gets back to you, you might hear the elephants and my pants are nice. You know, and that's just with speech. Can you imagine with thoughts, with memories, how that could work? I mean, 
you know, you, you might be watching something on television about maybe a president talking, and then years from then, you, what, you, what was actually the president talking, you remember it to being, I don't know, a celebrity talking instead. Or maybe your mind takes that memory, combines it with another, and instead of just it being the president talking at an event, it, it turns into, in your mind in the future, um, you know, celebrity talking about their latest movie and that's coming up, and it's not even the case. So, you know, these are things that I, you know, and maybe it, maybe it's a possibility. I mean, look, we're not perfect creatures, okay? Our memories are very fragile, and I think that we think they're not. I think we think memories, our memories are perfect. Well, I hate to break it to you guys, but they're not. Memory is based on specific things in your brain. And if you think you remember something one way, chances are it's not exactly the way you remember it. Okay. Um, Cause you have to think about something. You, there is a part, part of the day or rather the night when we basically turn off mentally for the most part, when we go to sleep, our subconscious part of our brain takes over. And that is when we are mercy, okay? And that's kind of what you have to think about. That's where you really get the idea. I w- you know, I kind of sometimes wish there was a machine that we could record our dreams and we could see it, really see what our brains think of it. Because during the day, our minds kind of scan over what happens to us, okay? And they pick apart different things and when you're asleep replay it but they replay it in the way that the mind remembers it so you might see you know a family member or a relative or a friend but with somebody else's face or with somebody else's voice or you know <laughs> like it's just it's weird it's hard to describe you really I mean but that just kind of gives you an idea so I think a lot of this stuff with the Mandela effect that could be yet another way to explain it, okay? So I kind of went all over the place with that, but I think you get the point that I'm trying to make. So, okay, so I'm going to see now. I want to make sure. Oh, that's wonderful. So, so far, so good I'm coming through. Fantastic. All right, so that's one way. So now that we get an idea, now that we have different um, ways that could explain the Mandela effect, First of all, I would love to hear you guys' opinion. I know many of you are not brave out there to call me in and bid. Some of you are sometimes. I some I, I have to admit, I can't say that about everybody. A lot of you guys love to, you know, bid in and chime in. Well, come on. I want to hear from the rest of you that haven't done that yet. Okay. So what are some other examples? You've heard me talk about some. Well, here are some other ones. How many of you like hot dogs? And my apologies to those of you that already heard this. So let's let's sing the Oscar Mayer song together. My baloney has a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R. My baloney has a second name. It's M-E-Y-E-R. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) How do you remember that? I actually do remember M-A-Y-E-R. Some people are saying no. Some people are saying they are adamant that it was M-E-Y-E-R. Well, the actual reality is M-A-Y-E-R. Look it up. Look it up. It's out there. I'm telling you. Uh, All you ladies out there and also guys that watch the show Sex in the City, 
is it what is it exactly? Is it sex in the city or sex and the city? Well, in reality, guess what, guys? It's now sex and the city. Look it up. There are there is proof that people are showing pictures of it changing. That's the next part of what I'm about to tell you. It's not just people remembering stuff wrong. There is actual physical evidence, auditory and visual, that showing things changing as we know it. One of the biggest brain-busting changes that I've actually seen, my wife and I went nuts about this, was the grease change. Those of you that watched the Grease movie musical, do you guys remember the part where they were talking about they were going to go sing the Grease Lightning song? Well, how do you remember that starting out, right? He goes, it's automatic. Uh, He says uh, systematic or something like that. And then the most important part, hydromatic. Well, guess what? He doesn't say it like that anymore. Look at the video now. You're going to think I'm crazy, but no. Look at the video. He does not say it anymore. And it's not like somebody edited it. That's what it is. It's like it's like somebody changed the past, and now he says it hydromatic, and then he adds ultramatic. Now I don't know about you, I don't ever remember him saying ultramatic, like ever. And I've talked to lots of people who have said the same thing. He never said ultramatic. What the hell? You know, I'm talking about Danny Zuko, the character. So look it up. Look it up if you want. You know, obviously opening a window to look it up. Then there's something else. If you still think I'm going nuts, look up We Are the Champions by Queen. Do you guys remember what he says at the very end of that song? No time for losers because we are the champions of the world. Yeah, guess what? He doesn't say that anymore. No, it just ends. And I'm not talking about, oh, they ended it for YouTube. No, no, no. I'm talking about every recording every version of the song doesn't have that now if you have an old version that has it good for you but i'm talking about the ones that they're playing on the radio the ones that you see on youtube it doesn't exist anymore so how what the heck is going on guys just telling you this is the kind of stuff that's going on these are things that are changing and it's like what now there are some other stuff that people are claiming that have changed or that are different but Again, these are things I know because I'm just, you know, obsessed with this kind of stuff that I remember very vividly. Like, for example, people are saying, oh, Darth Vader never says, Luke, I am your father. He says, no, I am your father. Well, I I always knew that because I watched the the movies like every week pretty much. Yeah, I know. I have no life. But, you know, you see shirts all the time and and people saying, you know, Luke, I am your father. Like, I'm wearing a welcome to Tatooine shirt today, you know. And um, how about uh, kind of a different subject? Not really. Uh, what about Monopoly? You guys like Monopoly? Yeah, you guys play Monopoly? Well, let me ask you something. Did uh, Talk to me about, let's talk about the, the mascot of Monopoly. It's, the, it's the, the old guy, right, with the top hat and the monocle. Hate to break it to you, but he doesn't have a monocle anymore. That's right. Apparently, all of us that remembered the rich Uncle Pennybags, that's actually the, the name of the mascot, as him having a monocle, he never had it. 
Now, some some people that are into this kind of stuff say that what's happening is we're confusing the Monopoly mascot with Mr. Peanuts, the Planter's Peanut mascot. And yeah, I can kind of say that, see that because they they do have similar looks. I mean, although one is a peanut, one is a guy. So I can kind of see that happening. Moving on. How about those of you that are anime fans that like the Pokemon? Pokemon! Well, what about pretty much the most popular Pokemon? Pikachu! How does he look? He's, you know, mostly yellow, right? With two little red dots as cheeks. I know you're like, Emmy, don't don't ruin my childhood. And then he's got the, the ears with the little black tips. And, and he's got the, the zigzag tail with the black tip. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have the black tip on his tail anymore. Someone went back in the past and changed it. And he doesn't have a black tip on his tail. Never been there. I know I'm freaking you guys out, right? Okay, those of you that are familiar that live in the South, or well, it doesn't really matter, that know of Chick-fil-A, which, by the way, if you've never eaten there, oh, my God, you have to eat there. I, politics aside, ethics aside, their food is amazing. It should be against the law. So good. Anyway, how do they spell their name Chick-fil-A? Now, I know some of you are going to say, oh, I mean, come on, it's easy. C-H-I-K-F-I-L-A. Uh, some of you, others of you are going to say, C-I- no, 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 C-H-I-C-F-I-L-A. You are both wrong. It's actually spelled, are you ready for this? C-H-I-C-K-F-I-L, uppercase A. So how about them apples, baby? Yeah. Oh, boy. What else? What else? You guys want more? You want more? Okay. How many of you watched the Mr. Rogers uh, show? Come on. Who didn't, right? Best. The best. Well, then I'm sure you will remember the opening theme song to Mr. Rogers, right? Don't you? Don't you remember it? Sing a little song. No, you don't remember? You don't remember? How about how it starts? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Won't you be mine? Won't, will you be mine? Yeah, except there's a problem. He never says it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. No, 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 no. He says it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. Oh, yes. And some of you might be thinking, oh, come on, Amy, that's stupid. That doesn't make much, that's not much of a difference. Well, yes, it is. It's a big difference. Stop on it. He's supposed to say the neighborhood. That's how I remember it. That's how millions of people remember it. And I can't believe he says this neighborhood. I had to hear it for myself. He really does say it. It's freaking me out, man. Can't believe it. How about those of you that like candy? Remember Kit Kat? How's that spelled? K-I-T dash K-I-T-K-A-T? Nope. It's K-I-T, no dash, cat, K-A-T. How about that? I know, right? <laughs> I can't believe it either. I can't believe it. Oh, gosh. And by the way, thanks for all those likes, guys. I really appreciate that. That's unreal. Wow. I think that's more than probably past two shows. That's pretty pretty impressive. Okay, so I'm going to go on break. When I get back, um, I'm going to go ahead and go into our cryptid news. I might sprinkle a little Mandela stuff if it, uh, um, you know, in between there. But, uh, you know, I think it's time we get back on track here and do some um, 
cryptid and paranormal stuff. So stay with us. I'm going on break. I'll be right back. If you want to join in on vid chat, bid to join in. I saw some of you coming, uh, trying to, to join in and then you, you dropped off and, and, and what the heck is going on there, but whatever. Um, on blog talk radio, uh, our listeners there, there should be a radio, a uh, little button there that you can actually, um, you know, use Skype to call us, but just in case you don't, if you're in a landline or something, Erico 347-237-5187, and we'd love to have you on the show, and we can discuss this topic or some of the other stuff I'll be talking about. Anyway, this is Emmy from the Graveyard Shift. I'm punching in. I'll be right back. Put your warm feet on hold, Graveyard Shift fan. Our illustrious host, Emmy. Why the hell does he always say that word, illustrious? We'll be right back after this break with more shifty, yeah, like shitty awesomeness. I can't believe this guy. Who the hell does he think he is? Um, oh, okay. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be right back. Oh. This book really sucks. Well, hello there, avid reader. What the? Hello? Who's this? Are you talking to me? Yes, hello. Yes, I'm talking to you, Emmy. I'm your inner reading spirit. Inner reading spirit? <laughs> well, I guess anything's possible in marketing and promotions land. Yes, <laughs> that's the spirit. Get it? Spirit? Yeah, sure. I get it. So, I uh, noticed you having a tough time finding something good oh, to read there. Yeah. I can't find a good book, really. Engages me as a reader, and, uh, well, most of the books I've been reading aren't really that good. Stories are all the same, kind of like they come out of a factory. Actually, Emmy, you're not far from the truth. Nowadays, most publishing companies fall prey to the formula book trap. Instead of taking a chance with new, talented authors, they play it safe and give their writers a formula to stick with, and make it so that most of the books look and feel the Hmm. same. Really? I guess that's true. I often have a hard time telling one author's book from another sometimes. Well, what if I told you I have the answer to your problem, Emmy? Well, I'd have to say you're falling without a parachute, mysterious No, no, not falling, flying, because that's what words are supposed to do. They're supposed to take flight in your mind. Words take flight book has discovered the real formula. Words take flight book. A publishing company that covers writing and editing for everything from mainstream magazines and independent comic books to Fortune 500 companies and regional not-for-profit organizations, as well as working on a movie and book or two. It sounds like they've got a great selection. Oh, you're flying? Words take flight books, changes writers and readers' shared perception of themselves. Cool. You know... I always thought I would be a good writer, too. Maybe I could... uh, Nah. Hey, don't give up. Keep flying. Because on the publishing end, Words Take Flight Books is giving a voice to new and established authors just like you. Visit Words Take Flight Books. Yeah, I think I will. Thanks, Inner Reading Spirit. I'm going to do just that and... Uh, how do I visit them? www.wtfbook.net Okay, so 
That's www.wtfbooks.net. www.wtfbooks.net. Cool. Wow, they do have a great selection of books. Awesome. Words take flight books. Denying limitations, defying perception. Wow, words take flight books. Denying limitations, defying perceptions. I get it. Broadcasting live from a war-torn battlefield, from atop a 200-foot-tall, last-of-its-kind woolly mammoth, driving a bunch of drunk zombies on their way to an all-you-can-eat super-flesh buffet. Teaching a cat how to speak fluent Klingon. You're listening to the Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. And now, just finished from sucker-punching your country's ruthless dictator, because he's just that damn cool. Here's your illustrious host. Abby. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the final uh, second part of the Graveyard Shift talk show. And by the way, if I didn't say this before, it's February 18th. 2017 and this is season eight episode six let's try this again mandela effect is in effect again and again uh we would like to thank our sponsors words take flight books i'm sure you just heard the commercial we did for them uh you can find out more information about all the books that they have as well as the other services that they provide at wtfbooks.net and um anyway so we were talking about in the first half of the show uh, about the Mandela effect. If you missed that, definitely want to rewind after, you know, not now because we're live, but if you're watching this archived, definitely want to rewind and, um, you know, check that out because it was actually pretty cool if I do say so myself. So uh, I think that's pretty much enough uh, Mandela effect stuff for now. How about we start talking about some paranormal news? First and foremost, in the cryptid zoological news, a man, and this is this is all, by the way, recent news. This isn't like, you know, from years ago. A man in Cache County in uh, Utah reported that a small humanoid being showed up at his home on Wednesday night watching <laughs> the wife close up as she slept on the bed. Uh, the salesman told a recent, or rather a local weird news website, that it was about midnight when the creature made its appearance in the house's bedroom. Quote, I was still awake listening to meditation sounds to help me sleep. I don't sleep well at night. I never have. My wife was lying in bed next to me. I was changing positions when I noticed the creature. The alleged being was reportedly next to the couple's bed and staring at the woman's face. It was crouched down and leaning over her. Uh, this is a quote. I'm sorry. I, pulled, I quickly pulled my wife into me and was swatting at the creature, yelling loudly. The Utah man described it as a small, gray skin humanoid. Quote, it was bald and it was smaller than a human, like the size of a six-year-old. I can describe it as, this is what I was thinking too, Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Head was large, though, and it had thin arms and legs. End quote. The man said the creature disappeared after five minutes. Another quote. Later, my wife told me she sent something close to her face, watching her as she was lying there. End quote. The man who provided a full name to the website, but asked to remain anonymous, 
said he would like others who have had similar experiences to get in contact with them. I just have some answers, he said. Now, last month, a man in Canada described an encounter with a group of little humanoids working on what he said looked like a spacecraft. Um, now, this is back in December. So in December 2016, and by the way, um, this report was filed in February. Really, when they said last month, they should have said um, you know, a few months ago. In December 2016, two men reported running away from a group of aliens as they were fishing in a lake in New Mexico. So there you have it. I mean, this is nothing new. I mean, uh, everybody has from everywhere across the country some type of experience to report with these types of humanoid creatures. And really, to this day, we still don't know what they are. So speaking of reporting seeing aliens... There's another Canadian, North York Canadian, that says he saw three alien beings working on a spaceship, kind of similar to what I just said. So um, reportedly, as he approached the lights, his dog exhibited overwhelming fear and began to cry. Uh, quote, my dog was trying to stop me from walking towards it. Moments later, fear came over me as well. What he saw, he explained, was a craft that had landed with lights on it and three small beings around it. According to him, the beings were frantically working on the object as if there was a problem with it. The man said he became so fearful that he then decided to leave the area, hoping to find a police car or other witnesses to go back and observe the incident with them. The man described the craft as a shiny metallic object measuring about 20 feet in diameter, emitting a lot of light. Um, he reported that it was probably eight feet tall at the tallest point, coming down to disc-shaped edge. It was disc-shaped, and it had three landing feet. Reported, reported this to a MUFON investigator. The alleged object, which according to the eyewitness was not hovering but had already landed, had no doors nor windows and appeared to be non-functional. So there you have it. And I'm glad he actually um, reported this to MUFON and not the police, and the police probably would just reported as a UFO and that's it. Well, over to the States, a Minneapolis, Minnesota resident, or Minnesota, Minneapolis, reported seeing a dinosaur-like bird. 14-year-old said that he and his friends were skateboarding next to a lake when they found the winged creature. Quoted as saying, we got off our boards and walked over to our walk-in boat access. We then walked down the lake just to skip rocks and stuff, and we both saw it. The afternoon sighting, and by the way, this happened fairly recently on the 4th of February, lasted about five minutes. The boy described the creature as a featherless bird with a crest on its head and a long beak curved towards the back at the end. Apparently had no tail. Quoted as saying, it was huge. It flew low across the lake, turning quite sharply for its size, and then just flew away towards the town square on the other side of the lake. But it gained a lot of height very quickly, and it disappeared in the clouds. The little boy told his parents and other friends, but nobody believed them. So they went to the computer, looked it up, and apparently, according to him, he thought he might have seen a Thunderbird. Now, there's actually been quite a lot of reports of Thunderbirds in this same area, really throughout the country, but mostly in the north, uh, northeast and Midwest. Um, and in fact, there's Thunderbirds are a part of Native American beliefs. You know, you can look it up and see it for yourself. Uh, well, I will, before I want, I, I have to go, but before I go, I got to report this. There is actually a bill that will, is going to try to be passed in 
Washington State, Senator Ann Rivers wants to see Bigfoot, also called Sasquatch, recognized as the state's official cryptid. Rivers introduced a bill in Olympia on Tuesday to recognize the immeasurable contribution to Washington State's cultural heritage and ecosystem that the creature has made. And this is a real bill. The idea for Senate Bill 5816 originated from a second grader, no surprise, who crafted a very persuasive letter. She said that <laughs> basically in a – oh, here we go. I'm sorry. Wrong one. In a legislative session dominated by hard tasks, such as solving the state's chronic underfunding of public education, it doesn't hurt to introduce something like this. Um, the measure will be difficult to pass um, with a key deadline approaching on Friday, but Rivers said she's laying the groundwork for it to pass in the upcoming legislative session. So this was actually yesterday, and um, well, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Uh, I would really like to see this uh, uh, made official. I think it's absolutely uh, Sasquatch is very big up there, and uh, I think he definitely deserves an official status. So there you have it. All right, guys. Well, that's uh, I'm going to have to unfortunately call it a night for the show. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back on the air again. And before I go anywhere, um, I would like to give a shout out to, um, you know, a man that uh, passed away recently. That was a very important part of my life. And um, that was my uncle Frank passed away this week. And, uh, and yeah, yeah. Also uh, was a woman who was a very important woman in our family. Uh, both of these people were integral in my uh, creative career, and I honestly would not be the person I am today without them. So I wanted to uh, say may they rest in peace and heaven with the Lord, and give love to all my family who are grieving during this time. And uh, anyway, for those of you out there that uh, are have, by the way, um, any other Mandela Effect examples, or if you have any news of any kind, you know how to reach me, please tweet us at Emmy Shift Show, or you can find us on Facebook under my Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Emmy Does Shogun, that's E-M-I-D-A-S-H-O-G-U-N. As always, you can look us up and follow us, please. I don't think a lot of people realize you can actually follow us on blogtalkradio.com slash The Graveyard Shift. I mean, I know we've got tons of listeners out there, but they don't click the follow button. And, um, of course, Bid Chat on the app. You can look us up at the Graveyard Shift on Bid Chat. I love all these numbers that I'm seeing right now as they're coming in live. So I want to thank all of you guys out there that are all over the world. And hello, Sweden. Hello. I see you. Hello, New Zealand. And um, I don't know how New Zealand is watching us. It must be really late over there. I don't know. Anyway, um, I want to thank everybody for listening and watching. And I'll be here next week again. Uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be interviewing Dr. Paul Banner at some point in time, just we keep things keep happening and we have to keep getting postponed. But I will be reporting on him very soon. That's it for me, guys. Thank you so much. And we will see you guys next week right here on The Graveyard Shift. This is Emmy. Have a great weekend. I'm punching out. Peace. You feel that universe? 
That satisfied feeling only comes from having finished a super epic, awesome episode of The Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. Hosted by your illustrious host, Emmy. Make sure to follow on blogtalkradio.com slash The Graveyard Shift and our Twitter feed. Hashtag Emmy Shift Show. To stay in the loop for future episodes. Until next time, Shifties, we're punching out.